Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Amen. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me uh, to the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 18, verse 35. Psalm 18, verse 35. It says this. You protect me with your saving shield. You support me with your right hand. You have stooped to make me great. Another translation says, you stoop down to make me great. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray today, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord God, to imbibe the principles of your word, that we could live lives that soar. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. Uh, started a series about three weeks, uh, four weeks ago now, uh, and the series is called Soar, S-O-A-R. Uh, not Soar, S-O-R-E. Uh, Trisha is a little bit sore after this morning's praise and worship. Uh, also, we have some uh, elder members of our congregation uh, who had come to the three-on-three basketball tournament uh, that we had a couple of weeks ago at night and uh, there was a couple of torn calves and injuries and that sort of thing and some of them are still feeling sore. That's not the sore we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about sore, S-O-A-R, as in sore like an eagle. Uh, the Bible tells in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up on wings of eagles. The theme for our church this year is on the fly. And so what that means is we believe that as a church, we're going to go to new levels uh, like never before, that God's going to take us up on wings of eagles. And so we've been starting a series called Soar. And basically what that means is that just like this passage of scripture says, he stoops down to make me great. Interestingly enough, that was written by King David. So David's uh, talking about the Lord. And he says, you stoop down to make me great. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, we know that it's our passion and desire that people would all know Jesus Christ, that we would make his name great. How awesome is that? But here, that's not what David is saying. David is saying that he stoops down to make me great. I love that. What that means is this, that God doesn't just stoop down and stay down with us. He stoops down and he lifts us up. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter if you feel like your life is in the miry clay. We serve a God who will stoop down, won't keep us down. He'll stoop down and make us great. He wants to lift your life to a whole new level. He takes our lives where he found it and he lifts us to a whole new level. The Bible says that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Being a Christian is more than having a ticket to heaven. It's more than just having a ticket to heaven after you die. God has a plan and purpose for your life right here, right now. And when you put your life in his hands, he doesn't just nurse you where you are, but he wants to elevate you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to raise you up to do great things in and through your life. That's why the Bible says he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He takes, he takes people that the world says is nothing, will never do anything. He takes people just like that and he lifts them up to do incredible things for him. Turn to the person next to you and say he's talking about you today. He takes people who are down and he actually lifts them up. And the way that he does it is that all through his word there are sprinkled keys and principles that if we apply them to our lives would help us to live the life that God actually has for us. So I call them kingdom greatness principles. They're things that the word of God says that if you do this, God will lift your life to a whole new level. Now the thing is that God's way is different from the world's way. 
The world says if you've got to get ahead, you've got to do certain things, but kingdom is completely different. I told you at the start of this series how I used to watch the television show called Survivor. Uh, and basically, you know, you, uh, you've got to, you know, you go through all these challenges, there's great hardship and you've got to vote people out and that sort of thing. And, and in the end, there's two final people who make it to the end and then they actually have a jury of all the people that they had voted out to come back and vote on who should win out of those two. There's a lot of lying, there's a lot of conniving. I remember watching the show and thinking, would it be possible to win this show uh, and actually do it without lying? Uh, would it be possible to win this show without actually compromising your integrity? And I thought, I don't think it's possible. And so often you would have these two people faced by all these other people that they had actually voted off and they're sitting there and, uh, and they've got to give their account as to why they should vote for them to win. And you always have one person up there that says, well, you know, I think I should win uh, because I guarded and kept my integrity the whole time. Uh, and when they do that, you have all these other people eye-rolling you know, and saying, yeah, right, not like the lie you told to get me off and that sort of thing. And, and often you'll have the other person who's honest and they'll say, yes, that's right, uh, I actually lied, I deceived, but that's the nature of the game and that's why I should win. And most of the time that person wins uh, because they're actually honest about their lying, you know what I mean? Uh, but you can't actually win Survivor without compromise, without lying and that sort of thing. But I love the fact that life is not a game of Survivor. That actually God, that you can do things God's way, which is different from the world, and he promises he would lift and elevate your life. And so, so far, we've looked at a couple of these topics. First one we looked at was honour. The Bible talks about how if we honour other people, God will actually honour us. And so it's our goal. Uh, it's, you know, God's plan for us that we would honour others, but we don't need to honour ourselves. Uh, next week, we looked at humility. Bible says God gives grace to the proud, but resists the humble. And so what that means is that um, if you're humble, God will elevate you. And so the Bible says that we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And so what that means is this, with honour, we honour everyone else, but we don't honour ourselves. With humility, we humble ourselves, but we don't humble other people. Now that's not very Australian, but it is kingdom. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how we're supposed to live. And last week, Pastor Noah preached a wonderful word online about baggage that we need to let go of if we're going to soar like God has for us. Today, I want to talk to you about another topic on this line. Uh, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 to 25. I'm going to read from the message translation. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. And it says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Well, it's pretty evident there then, isn't it? If you're generous, your world expands. If you're generous, your world advances. If you're generous, your world increases. Now, that's different from what the world says. The world says that you're supposed to hoard. But actually, that's not what the Word of God says. It's a kingdom principle. It says that when you're generous, your world actually advances and actually gets larger. This is a kingdom principle different from the world. Psalm 37, 21 and 22 says this. The wicked borrows and doesn't repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall cut off, be cut off. Now, that was written by King David, and it actually all goes together. So the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him 
shall inherit the earth. So what that means is this. When you give, you get blessed. And because you're blessed, you inherit the earth. Now that's entirely scriptural. Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ is quoted in Acts chapter 18. It says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That was written, Psalm 37 was written by King David. David totally lived that lifestyle. Um, David was an incredibly generous man. The Bible says that he saved up the modern day equivalent of billions of dollars for the next generation for the building of the temple. He was also generous personally. Uh, the Bible says that he would look after. His mortal enemy was his predecessor, King Saul. King Saul wanted to kill David. Yet King Saul's grandson, a lame man by the name of Mephibosheth, lived with David in the palace the rest of his life rent-free. He took care of his mortal enemy's grandson. I mean, think about it. He could have been considered a successor to the throne, but he didn't kill him. He actually looked after him, which is incredible. Not only that, there was another time where David was running away from one of his sons, a name Absalom, who wanted to kill him. And whilst he was out in the wilderness, wilderness with his men, a man by the name of Barzillai the Gileadite came and he fed all of David's men and took care of them. David said, listen, when, I'm, when I go back to the palace, I'm going to pay you back. And Barzillai said, don't worry about it. I'm quite wealthy. You don't have to pay me. But even on David's deathbed, David actually said to take care of the children of Barzillai the Gileadite. Make no mistake, David was a generous man. And David says that generosity is one of the keys to inheriting the earth. Generosity is one of the keys to live an advancing life. Generous is one of the kingdom principles that help us to soar. So how do you know if you're generous? Because it's pretty clear that generosity is a kingdom great, greatness principle. Generosity is a principle that will help your life soar. But how do you know if you qualify, whether you're generous or not? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because there's a verse there in Isaiah 32, verse 8, which is one of the best definitions for generosity. And it says this, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. This passage of Scripture is a, one of the best definitions for determining whether you're generous or not. I call it the test of the generous, not Ellen DeGeneres, the test of the generous. And so I want to talk to you today about the three qualities of a generous person, the three qualities of, that, that um, determine whether we're generous or not. And it's actually found all from that one verse, Isaiah 32, verse 8. The first one is this, pattern, pattern. 32.8 says, but a generous man devises generous things and by generosity he shall stand. Doesn't say a generous act. It's not a one-time thing. Being generous once to one cause doesn't make you generous. He says a generous man, a generous person. If you have a lifestyle of generosity, then you qualify for being called a generous person. Proverbs 11.25 says, in the NIV says, a generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. This was before things became a bit general, gender, this was after things became a bit gender neutral in some translations. Traditionally, it said a generous man will prosper. I love that. That actually tells you the key to prosperity is actually in your hands. Doesn't say the businessman shall prosper doesn't say the son of a wealthy man shall prosper. It doesn't say the professional sportsman 
shall prosper. It doesn't say the man who married Kim Kardashian shall prosper. It just says the generous man. If you have a lifestyle of generosity, being a generous person, you qualify for this principle. And he says that you'll actually prosper. It's not just a one-time event. Uh, obviously, this week, there's been lots of floods and it's probably most hard hit right now is the northern rivers of New South Wales. And, and so there's, you know, it brought back a lot of memories, actually, for myself from 2011. Uh, 2011, uh, Trish and I, we were flooded in the Brisbane floods back then. And, uh, and it was a, you know, it was a, it was a crazy time. And, and, and I, it was, um, you know, I had two bad days during those floods. The first bad day was the day I found out I was flooded. I was a bit of a mess that day, couldn't do much. And I had another bad day and it happened later on that week. So basically what happens is that, you know, people come and they help you empty your house and, and friends come. And I know a lot of people from our church have been helping the flood affected, which is awesome. And, and you take your stuff and you throw it out onto the street and, and that sort of thing. And, and then what you do is you've got to wait. You know, an insurance assessor comes through. And, and uh, I remember we had... Um, actually uh, emptied everything out and the insurance assessor came to our place and the insurance assessor was a subcontractor. He works for a number of different companies and came and looked at our place and, uh, and he said, oh, who are you with again? And we told him and he goes, oh, I actually don't think they're covering for the flood. Uh, it was like a massive kick in the gut. So I remember at the time I was in shock and uh, when he left, we were at the house cleaning things up and Trish said, oh, look, we should stay and clean things up. I said, no, no way, I'm just going and so we left and we went back to where we were staying and I went there and to be honest, I had a good cry. I cried for about three hours and that sort of thing. I woke up the next day and Trish came in and she said, okay, now you've had your cry. Um, so now you need to go back to the house and clean it. And I said, okay. And, uh, and I remember that night, a good mate of mine, his name is Pastor Jono. He pastors a church down, on, at the, uh, down at Kingscliff and uh, Jono Kerridge is his name. And, and he messaged me and said, you know, anything you need? I said, look, I've got a gut in my house tomorrow I think and he said I'll be there with a few blokes so he came up to switch him and a few other guys and, and they came and they just completely gutted our house it was absolutely amazing he just was there first thing in the morning last to leave that night and he brought a whole bunch of guys to come and gut that place it was incredibly generous of him to do that and uh, but that's who John O is he's that kind of generous person uh, and he does all that stuff. If you go to Je if you go and visit Jono, he's got a great church down there. Uh, they've just bought for the they've bought this massive parcel of land, an ACC church at Kingscliff. It's just quite miraculous. They're incredibly blessed. Uh, he's blessed himself. He's a church planter, but he's incredibly blessed. And but I actually think it's probably because he's a generous man. A lifestyle of generosity. When you're generous beyond what you were planning to do. When you're generous beyond your convenience, when you're generous when things come your way that you weren't expecting, that's a sign they're actually a generous person. Generosity is not a one-time act. You know, I remember one time there was a, when I was in Mackay, there was a man in our church and I taught on giving, taught on tithing and he messaged me the next week. He said, Pastor Ben, tithing doesn't work. I said, why is that? He said, I tried it this week and my lawnmower broke down. It doesn't work. I said, mate, it's not a one-time act. It's a lifestyle of generosity. And over time, when you have that lifestyle of generosity, the Bible actually says that you'll prosper. It's a pattern. A generous man devises generous things. The second thing is this. It's priority. Priority. A generous man devises generous things. 
So a generous person looks for opportunities to be generous. It's not just, oh, well, someone's passing a, you know, someone's rattling a tin, I'll just chuck something in because it's convenient. It's actually more than that. There's a generous person is someone who looks for opportunities to be generous. Proverbs 22 verse 9 says this, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. A generous eye. So I'm not looking down, trying to avoid any opportunity for generosity. But I'm actually looking, scanning, having a generous eye. A generous man devises generous things, looks for ways to actually be generous. That's the sign, one of the criteria for being a generous person. It's God's desire that we would be generous on every occasion. God wants us to be so blessed that we can actually be generous on every occasion. God doesn't want to just meet our needs. He wants us to live in an overflow where we can be generous whenever the opportunity arises. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 to 11 says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So notice this, God supplies seed to the sower. Uh, what that means, and bread for food. So what that means is God doesn't desire for us to consume everything that we earn. God desires for us to actually use it to actually be a blessing for others. That's why it's called seed. You don't consume seed. You've heard me talk about it before, how my disgust with people who eat entire apples. Who here eats an apple and including the core? Be honest, put your hand up right now. Who's that? Who? You're too scared. Okay, we've got someone back there. Praise the Lord. Who else? Uh, Roz, I knew it. Um, you know, no, I don't want to hear it. So, <laughs> I'm sure there's health properties in it and that sort of thing. But God made the core yucky for a reason. Because he doesn't want us to eat it. Why? Because it stores the seed. You don't eat your seed. If everyone was like you, Roz, and we all ate the seeds of the apples, eventually there'd be no apples left. Because <laughs> we're not supposed to consume everything that we earn. But notice this. He says, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I love that passage because the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians about a project that they personally can't go to. And he's telling them, here, supply, give us the money and we will make sure it will be used for the glory of God. You may physically not be able to go, but we'll actually help you to do it. And he says it's God's desire that we be generous on every occasion. A generous person is someone who looks for opportunities to be generous. My sister, many years ago, was in a nightclub with two Tongan friends and uh, these Tongan girls, and, and these girls, you know, they were quite gossipy and, you know, would put people down quite easily and that sort of thing. But, but for whatever reason, my sister noticed that they never bad-mouthed my dad, uh, my sister's dad, obviously, as well. And, um, and my sister thought maybe it's because they wouldn't do that in front of her or that sort of thing. And, and she actually got talking to them and said, you know, why, why you always speak so highly of my dad? And, uh, and the Tongan girls in the Tongan accent said, well... Our mum said we must never, never talk bad about if a lemme naitoko. And, uh, and basically the reason was this, that their family had been in financial difficulty, single parent home, and 
For a while there, they were noticing from time to time an envelope with cash in their letterbox at the front. Didn't know who it was. And then so one day they happened to look out the window and they saw a short, round, white-haired brown man come and he put this envelope of money in there and it was my dad. And so they said, don't ever talk bad about that guy because <laughs> he's given us money. He went out of his way to look for an opportunity to be generous. A generous man devises generous things, doesn't shy away from them, looks for opportunity to actually do that. There was a girl in our youth group in Mackay, her name's Justine, and she moved to Melbourne when she finished school and did an internship at a church called Planet Shakers Church and ended up marrying a fine young man down there named Dan. And, and he had a passion, they both had a passion for meeting the needs of people in third world countries, especially countries that there was no running water where they needed wells and they needed their own water. And so in praying about it, these guys are basically teenagers and they prayed about it and God gave them an idea. And the idea was to create a social enterprise which would generate revenue to go and actually create these wells. It's been going for a long time now. It's called Thank You Water. And it was started by a couple of kids who had nothing, didn't take a wage for many years and thought we need to do something about that situation. They weren't even physically there, but they devised generous things because they're generous people. Generosity is actually a priority for the generous. The third thing is this, persistence. The third quality of a generous person is persistence. Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. He'll stand by generosity. Won't move. No matter what comes along. No matter what comes to try and buffet. They will stand by their commitment to be generous. The third thing, as I said, is persistence. A generous person will be generous even in moments when they're experiencing hardship themselves. They'll fulfill their commitments to actually do that. I know myself there's been plenty of times where I've made a commitment to be generous to something and so often this happens. Something comes up. A bill out of nowhere. Have you ever had that happen? You're planning on being generous to something and then out of nowhere a bill comes up? How common that happens. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't do what I was planning on doing because this has come up. But actually by generosity, a generous person will stand. Remember one particular time, the church I was in, they were receiving a first fruits offering. And, and at the time uh, I was praying, with Trish and I were praying about what to give and we had a figure in, our, in mind. And, and I was an itinerant traveling preacher at the time. And so, and, and, and so I was actually, all after that, I actually got quite sick. Now, when you're an itinerant speaker, there's no sick pay. Uh, you don't turn up, you don't preach, don't eat. Uh, and so there were plenty of times I would preach, we're not feeling well and that sort of thing. And, but I was so sick that I couldn't preach for a few weeks because I got that unwell. Right at this time when we made that commitment. And basically the money that we lost in that time would have been what we needed to fulfill our obligation. At the time I was so tempted. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'll just leave it, you know, like, you know, I didn't realise it was going to be like this. Income's not the same as I thought it was. But I just felt at the time it was probably a faith challenge for me to stand by my decision to actually be generous. 
praise God, we decided to actually fulfill our obligation. And I can't remember what's happened since then, but I do know I'm still here. Not dead, not living off the streets, didn't have to sell a body part or a child, still made it through somehow. At the time, I thought I wouldn't be able to make it through, but I just found that if you stand by that decision to be generous, Bible says the generous man will prosper, amen? And there's something that happens to all of us, I believe. It's like a faith test that we all face sometimes, that God moves our heart to be generous in a particular area, and then all of a sudden, something will come in the way. Sometimes God will ask us to be generous when we feel like we just don't have the means to do it. Remember another time, I was at Bible college at the time and I went to my, old, my home church and they were receiving an offering or pledges for a friend of mine. He was the youth pastor at the church. The church didn't have any money to put on a youth pastor and so they were asking people to make a pledge and, uh, and I really had it on my heart to give $20 a week and I just did not have that $20. I was a Bible college student, very much hand to mouth, but I just really felt to pledge $20 a week. And I remember when I went back to Bible college, Bible college was in Sydney and Went to the Bible college and the, for the next week I'm thinking, what have I done? I need to ring them up and say, I can't do this. You know, because I've made this commitment and there's no way I can fulfill it. And, and then later on that week I received a letter. And uh, you remember those things, letters? And I received a letter in the mail and, um, and inside was a check. You remember those things, check? And um, it was from a friend of mine in Melbourne and, and she said, oh, I felt God put on my heart to support your ministry this year. Uh, so I'm sending you this check. I will give you this check, this amount every month. Uh, and I looked at the check and the check was uh, $80. Uh, the $20 a week I had committed, God had supplied right then. Amen? Because God supplies seed to the sower. And I've learned over the years that there's times when you're tempted not to stick by that commitment to be generous. There's times when things come in and, to, and come to try and buffet you. But the scripture tells us that a generous man, someone who's got a pattern of life, devises generous things, makes it a priority, and by generosity, they will stand. They will persist in their commitment to do it. And the promise of the Lord then, if you live that lifestyle like I know many of you do, the promise of the Lord is this, that the, that the uh, world of the generous gets larger and larger. You will soar, you will rise, you will increase, you will advance as you make that commitment to be generous. Notice this in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 in the message it says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. So notice this, those who blesses others will be blessed. So sometimes you might feel like you want to just bless somebody. You just want to do that. But those who help others are helped. Those who are in need, when we help them, we qualify for being generous as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.